Hey guys, Michael here. Before we begin today's podcast, I have an announcement to make. I'm teaching a podcasting course on the weekend of July 9th to 11th. If you have an idea for starting a podcast, the best time to launch it is right now. In this weekend course, you'll be joined by an ambitious cohort of peers to learn the fundamentals of positioning, launching, running, and growing a successful podcast, and of course, booking massive guests to talk to. And the best part is you won't just get lectured at by yours truly. I'm bringing in a cabal of other talented young podcasters and industry professionals to give you the knowledge you need to unlock one of the biggest cheat codes in the professional world, which is starting a podcast. The opportunities are immense, both personally and professionally, and it can change your life. You can apply for the course at the link in the description of this podcast episode, and you can email me, michael at ourfuturehq.com, if you have any questions regarding the course. Thank you for listening, and on to today's episode. You're going to love it. I told all my friends, like, guys, like, I think NFTs are going to start to, like, blow up, like, this industry is happening now. What is good, everybody? This is Michael Zakan, founder and host of Our Future. We're the go-to business podcast and media brand for Gen Z, helping you unlock your future through short, exciting, and digestible interviews. So today, my guest is Everett Cole. Everett is the co-founder of Debilia. Debilia is an NFT marketplace. I'm super pumped about it. Let's dive in. Wow. You know, I, I haven't had anyone on the podcast to talk about NFTs, and I feel like I'm a little bit late to the game, to be honest. But, you know, let's let's open this up. And why don't you give us like a 30-second background on kind of who you are, and then we'll kind of dive into some of the details. Yeah, so sure. So I'm a computer science graduate, started an NFT company uh, not too long ago. Um, really excited about the space. I mean, I want to like give like a whole background on like why I started the NFT um, company in the first place. And I think that's the important part about NFTs. You know, it's, it's really easy to just get up there and be like, and people just kind of like gloss over when you talk about NFTs and what they are, you know, like a collectible Ethereum token uh, that you can like attach a JPEG to. They're like, okay, like that's really cool, but but why, right? So I, I'll explain that in a little bit, but yeah, that's like just a little brief intro on me. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Can you just start off by defining the NFT? I mean, I'm sure people have asked you this a million different times, but I just like to set the stage for this interview and ask you kind of how would you define an NFT? We've all heard about it in the media. We've all heard about the news. For someone who's so deeply entrenched, how would you describe it? Yeah, so like, like I was saying, um, it's a collectible like Ethereum token, essentially. It's unique, it's on the blockchain. You can put information on it. Um, and a lot of people tend to put photos along with like titles and text. And you can create something like a digital trading card with uh, these NFTs, non-fungible tokens. But I think the, the most interesting part is like the why and why are NFTs so important? Well, like my journey with NFTs started uh, a long, long time ago, back in 2017, when uh, they wow. first uh, created. Uh, CryptoKitties is like the first one. If you've heard of like uh, uh, CryptoPunks as well, that was like one of the original projects too. But uh, I remember I was talking with my friend about Billie Eilish. She just came out with her song, Ocean Eyes. And my friend mm -hmm. was like, this girl is going to pop off. She's going to be like the biggest pop star in the world in a few years. You just wait. And I was like, that's such an interesting take. Like I had like barely heard about her at the time, but I was like, he was so passionate about like, I'm seeing her greatness and seeing where she would become. I was like, oh, like if you could invest in her, would you? And he was like, yeah, hundred percent. Like I'd love to get like a piece of memorabilia today that I could like hold on to and like, oh my God, it's going to be worth so much in the future. Right. And he was right. And like that, like got me thinking about like, oh, if you want to like invest in a musician or a creator, 
the only way to do it is with physical memorabilia. And then right. started hearing about NFTs, the kind of like two worlds combined for me and it all kind of clicked. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you want to say you were early to something, like everyone wants to say they were early to something. I was early in Amazon, I was early in Tesla. And I think people increasingly have that about whether it be athletes or musicians or any public facing people, they want to, to show that before they blew up, like they were with them, they were riding with them. Um, and yeah, again, again, it would probably just be like a piece of merch from her concert that someone could represent, right? They'd be like, oh yeah, I was at her concert. But like, there's no way to to kind of represent that or own that experience other than just telling people, right? Yeah, and, I mean, even if you look at like social media platforms, like look at a YouTube video, people race to be the first one to comment. And that's like a little bit of like social pride you have there being the yeah. first one to a video. It's yeah. like trend starting if you're like the first person to make a video about that trend. You get a little bit of pride about that. You can like prove that you were the first one there, prove that you were like the first fan. What have you have you had people on your TikTok comment like first? I've had that happen before. Oh uh, yeah, all the time, right? Yeah, they're like first, first, because it's first, like first. crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone wants to be first. So I mean, dude, that's actually insane to me that you started in NFTs in 2017. Like, why did everyone just suddenly start talking about them out of the blue? Like it really just came out of nowhere and the entire media just started like swarming on the topic. Um yeah. why? I think a lot of that- a lot of that has to do, obviously, with like the big sale, $69 million of Beeple's NFT, if you guys have heard yeah. about that. Beeple, this is a digital artist who sold, uh, who made an NFT every single, or made a piece of digital art every single day, four or 5,000 days. And then he sold a collage of all of it together as an NFT. And that singular NFT sold for $69 million. That's insane. Pretty crazy. But I think... Uh, a big shift that happened in the NFT space is it started going from being all about digital artists to then you get like musicians and influencers starting to get involved. So you have digital artists that maybe like some big ones have like a hundred thousand followers. So when they release an NFT, hundred thousand people hear about it. Doesn't generate that much of buzz, but when you start getting musicians and influencers who have millions of followers starting to release, starting to release NFTs, that's when you start getting everybody involved in it. So to Soldier Boy's credit, he's been the first to uh, get onto a lot of things. I was on Clubhouse uh, listening to him. So, and was, uh, so funny <laughs> that he was one of like the very first musicians to release an NFT. And I remember being in that Clubhouse listening to it. And I was like, I told all my friends, like, guys, like, I think NFTs are going to start to like get blow up. Like this industry is happening now. All right. So you had this idea, like what were kind of the first steps? I mean, I, are you guys public? Are you guys publicly launched yet, or are you still like uh, it's open? You have a waitlist going, or, or how's that working? Fine, yeah, yeah, we're still building so, it. Just, so I mean, wow. So it's been in the works for a while. I mean, it, what's crazy to me is you had this in the works way before anyone was talking about it. So you must have been like, wow, people are finally like acknowledging this thing, um, and you had a head start, which is good, right? And there are other platforms out there for sure. I mean, we're seeing like BitCloud, and I, I totally understand what you're saying about this being a greater way for creators to monetize, right? Because whenever you have a loyal and engaged audience, there's, there's like money to be made there. And just offering a piece of merch is, you know, it, it, it's just not that special. Right. And I, I, I really, I really agree with you, with your thought process in terms of, of bringing the NFT technology to, to create the creator economy. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's talk about your platform, like kind of what, what is it going to do? Um, how might people engage on it? And let's just walk us through kind of what you foresee being the function of, of the platform that you're building. Sure, yeah. So I think there's like um, a few areas that we took inspiration from. 
obviously, uh, NFT marketplace are all like very similar. Uh, we're going to have like those same functionalities, but we really want to improve the interactions that fans can have with the person that they're trying to support. So we looked at platforms like Patreon. That's a really good example. They have stuff like unlockable content and they have uh, ways that fans can get bonus content from their favorite creator and kind of like prove that fandom there. So we're taking some inspiration from there. And then also Discord has become a really great place to connect with uh, your favorite influencers, right? You can have like chats in there. So we're going to be implementing like one of the first um, NFT sites that have chat functionality where wow. if you own an NFT, you'll be able to have like an in-wallet chat with the person who you uh, are supporting. You can set up like little groups based on like the collection. Like the psychology behind collection is like collecting is really cool to me. There's so much, so much social side to it. We talked about being the first one um, into uh, a fandom and there's like this pride associated with that. It's crazy, man. I, I just interviewed a kid who's making a killing selling sports cards and like the people who show up to these live auctions that he hosts on like TikTok or whatever, like mm-hmm. they're dropping bands, dude. Like they want to visibly be these people. Everyone wants to be someone within a community. They want that status. And I think what's cool, I saw on your platform, people can, you can essentially, the creator can see who has bought the most of their thing, who engages the most, like who's been with them the longest. And that's why they can have some kind of prioritization about the fans that they interact with. Right. I thought yeah. that was a cool feature because most creators get a million DMs a day. Right. Yeah. That's such a big issue for creators. Like as a creator, you want to know who your biggest fan is. You want to know who your first fan is and you can't go back to your like very first video and like yeah. find who the people were and then cross reference that with your DMs. Why not just have it all organized? So yeah, on our platform, if you're the first person to buy an NFT, the creator of that NFT will know, okay, this is my very first order. If you have somebody who like, maybe they weren't your first uh, supporter, but they've come onto your um, platform, been a big fan, bought lots of your NFTs, you can search by who's your biggest supporter. Got um, it. So I think it just really so this, the right the, fan to get in contact with the influencer and musician, whoever it might be. So this is a properly two-sided marketplace. There's not only a chat function with the creator themselves, you can contact you know the owner and the person producing these products, but you get the parallel kind of chat with other people, collectors in the community of communities within this platform. Wow. I think, I think that's important. You know, you want to talk to other people that are fans. That's a big part of being in fandom. Yeah. You want to to brag about your Pokemon deck, you know, it's all the same, just in the digital world. Yeah. And I mean, if you're trying to resell one of your cards, that'll be the best chat in the world to resell it to, right? The community of that person. So like, why wouldn't you try to sell it and, and like become part of that community? I, I agree. I, I do think, okay, I have a point to make here. So merch, you can sell as many units of that as you want to, and everyone gets the same thing. But like, how can creators go about their NFT strategy wherein there's like meaningful volume of product? Because the, the point is scarcity and exclusivity. Mm-hmm. And uh, that goes against being able to, to monetize, you know, in a, a significant way, right? Like how could they go about that? So not everyone has the same kind of product, but there's enough out there that people can get engaged. Should they be interested? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think, I think uh, they should do two things and maybe have one collection that's pretty cheap and easy, a really good entrance entrance point, maybe like $1 and make a million of them. So you can start building your fan base. Have a, everybody has like a piece of your NFT, they've already bought into your fandom. They want to see you succeed because the more you succeed, the more their NFT will be worth. 
And then you also have these like really exclusive NFTs that come out one of ones that represent a really big project that you've been working on, like a really important moment of your life that would be really meaningful for a fan to own. So I think you have to kind of do both and that'd be the best strategy to monetize it. You could even, every single time you upload a video to YouTube, if you're a YouTuber, you could make a one-of-one one NFT of that YouTube video. And right. instead of people commenting first, it'll be whoever is the first one to buy it. Um, and if that video blows up and becomes like, a really famous YouTube video, then whoever it was who bought that is makes a lot of money off of that. And if it doesn't, then you just still have a collectible piece, uh, collectible NFT. Yeah, I love that when people who find your content are like, I'm here at the beginning, like, at least for me, I've only been doing this for a year and recently started posting to YouTube and people are like, here I am, here I am at the first interview, you know, things like that. And, you know, it, it really does provide, again, like it is an opportunity for early stage creators to make money. Because if even if there's because we're, we're moving away from creators needing millions to make money mm -hmm. through ads, like mm -hmm. now you might only need 10 engaged people to pay your rent for the month. You know what I'm saying? Or your subscription fees or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah I think that's I think that's really interesting. That's another really interesting note about NFTs. You don't need that many people. Yeah. Right. It's easier for like musicians, let's say, to get their uh, songs out there before you have to be signed to a label to get anywhere in the music industry. Yeah. There's so much more accessibility out there. You have to have a, before you have to have a fan willing to spend the 10, $20 to buy your album, the whole album today. It's just, it's just a stream. It's all the same price to them, whether they listen to your song or not. So we're, we're kind of seeing this. It's really easy for people to get in and start making music or start being an influencer or whatever. Um, but it's uh, you don't get paid that much at the beginning because it's all based off views, right? Right, so right. Kind of like another way for people to monetize themselves. And I think if there were better uh, systems in place to monetize being a musician or influencer, we'd start seeing a lot more people become musicians and pursuing the creative side. Uh, and that's like really a future that I'm passionate yeah, about. Everybody has is. a creative side. And then whether it's like you enjoy painting on the side, whether you enjoy making like videos on the side, whatever it is, there should be a way for you to monetize that. Even if it's just something you're doing on the side, why not do it for fun and get a little bit of monetization? Dude, it was something I was thinking about with Andrew Yang's platform. You know, the, uh, you know, Andrew Yang, and I know you're in Canada, but, you know, um, the whole idea of, of like a stipend, right? What, if people didn't have to do these menial jobs, they could focus on their creative passions. Like, I remember once in an interview, I said, if there's any one thing that could be, I would do legislatively. And it was just an idea, but like a creative stipend where creators, because the hardest part is creators like being able to monetize. Now, fully, I, I'm not fully supporting my lifestyle with what I do right now. But right. if the government had like, essentially, um, unless you have everything like paid for and you have the luxury of time to create, you can't really create. So that's a, that's a future I'm excited about too. Like, if people can make money and can support themselves, then the world's just going to be a place full of so much more creative expression. You know, the business and corporate America and the workplace is so good at diminishing creativity and That's true. erasing that in place of process and structure. Right. Um, if people can be liberated in some sense from focusing all their time on the former, like they could be creating cool things. 100%. And like to reference the name of your show, Our Future, I think our future is along those lines. If you look <laughs> at uh, the way the world is working, 
having jobs being replaced by automation all the time, uh, driving is being replaced by automation, robots are taking over jobs. We are going to get a, get to a point where there is universal income. I fully believe that. Maybe it's not going to be tomorrow or the next 10 years, but at some point in humanity's future, there will be a universal income and most jobs will be automated. So Got it. what are people going to be doing with the time? They're going to be doing what they're passionate about. They're going to be creating content. Entertainment is going to be everything in the future. So this is just another way of getting us closer to the future, helping people monetize themselves. Um, yeah. That's something I'm really excited for. No, no, no. It's something I'm, I'm thinking about increasingly, right? As, as you kind of continue your career as a creator, um, how do you monetize? And it, it does need to be a diversified slate, right? All the creators make money in a diverse way. Uh, but you add more pieces to that, more, more segments to that pie chart um, and the better off things are going to be. So uh, let's just talk about some of those smaller decisions you made when, you know, trying to starting to build your platform. I mean, what were some kind of small little decisions along the way that you made that you think have changed the trajectory since starting? Like, I assume that what you're looking at now is much different from your first idea in, tw- in January, 2020, or even in 2017. Yeah. What are some things you've changed along the way as you, as you kind of work towards the launch of this platform? I think one of the biggest things for me at the beginning was, do I go for funding, spend like some time uh, really focused on uh, meeting investors, pitching the idea, um, making a really good pitch deck uh, and only having that? Or do I build out an MVP, yeah. uh, have a lot more in place before I go for that funding? Um, that was a pretty big decision. And I think a decision that all founders make at the beginning um, of their journey. Uh, luckily, I have a background in technology, so I was able to make an MVP without needing any funding. So that's the route I chose. But that was like a really big decision at the beginning. And I think COVID definitely um, forced me down that route because um, I was just inside all the time. And it's hard to go outside and, and meet investors and uh, so right. much of the context that I had with, from events. Um, so but I, I'm really happy that I did that. I learned a lot. Uh, forcing myself to build an MVP, lots of lots of nights. And have you raised uh, money now? You've raised yeah. money now, right? Yeah, so you did a, a seed round or something of the sort. How, how much did you guys raise? We raised 120K and then wow. our negotiations um, with raising a lot more. Uh, and there's lots of different offers on the table. Um, we're negotiating, trying to figure out what's best for us. Um, but it should be... Yeah, that's exciting. Did you say 1.1, 1.1 million, is that what you're saying? No, we should be done pretty soon. Done uh, pretty soon. Okay, so yeah, th- that's really exciting that you decided to, to to kind of not only build the MVP, but then it kind of naturally led into having better, you know, opportunity for investment, right? So I think that's always kind of a struggle tension between founders. Should I focus on raising money or should I just try and build right now? It's, it's mm-hmm. a stressful thing to think about, um, but it looks like kind of you, you found your path. Um, I think it depends on the founder, right? Some founders... yeah comfortable with uh, just going out and raise the money first. Obviously, you'll be giving up more equity and it's more risky if you don't have MVP or anything at that stage. Um, but yeah, if you if you have the ability to build an MVP um, and hold on to as much equity as you can, then you should definitely try to do that. Yeah, one thing I like about your idea is, uh, you know, you just have to think about, obviously, you have to think about your core product, but then distribution is always pretty much the biggest question. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, ideally, you would forge partnerships with creators and they just plug you into their existing audiences, which is a winning business model as we've seen with Patreon, as we've seen with, you know, Discord servers, as we've seen with, a, you know, 
uh, dropship merch companies, right? Like you can just kind of insert yourself within that to distribute. Yeah. Build, build the best product that we can. That's yeah. what we're good at. That's what we're focusing on. And of course there will be like, obviously some marketing necessary, some like of relationships that need to be built. But if you have that technology piece, if you have the best platform, people will come to you once they start seeing that there's right. some revenue to be gained from the platform. What's been the hardest part about building this, this, uh, this company, building this, this product? Uh, there's been lots of hard parts. I think uh, every, every developer has like uh, those late nights where something just doesn't work and you just like, I've, I remember before I got my MVP working, I spent like two weeks uh, just on like one small issue. I had no clue what the issue was. Uh, spent two weeks straight on one issue, couldn't figure out what was going on. And then finally it worked. And then I was like, I cried. I was like, oh my God, I finally figured out what was going on. I finally have solved this issue. I can go like actually show the investors that it's done. I've been like promising this for a week and now I can finally go show it. To what like, was it? What was it like just some trying to make a transaction work or something? You know, honestly, I don't even know how I fixed it. It just worked one day and I was like, okay. What was it? What, like, what was it? What was it? I was trying to um, connect uh, everything. It was like, I finished all the parts individually and I was trying to connect all of them and then upload it onto a server so people could go in and interact with the site. So it worked locally, but it didn't work um, when I actually put it up onto like the domain. So, but got it. Figured it out, uh, but Good. I don't know. You grinded yeah. through man. two weeks. That, that's a tough <laughs> time. I, I also think hiring um, and building that, uh, culture within your company is a really important underrated mm -hmm. aspect. Um, takes a lot of time and effort to hire the right people. Uh, yeah. and something that I care about a lot. I really want to have like a really good diverse team of people that are really passionate about the project. Um, and don't require, uh, me like making sure that they're doing every single little thing properly. I can just like tell them like, okay, like this is kind of like what we want. And they like understand the idea. They understand like the path. And it's hard. It's hard to find those ideas. It is, it is really hard. So that's been a, it's an exciting hard. idea though. I would want to work on it. I mean, it's right in the, the, the middle of the super hot kind of topic. Um, did you raise money before everyone started talking about NFTs or after? Before. Before? I guess, okay. I guess during it, as it started to, uh, got it. Oh, that's perfect timing then. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty good timing. Like right as uh, we finished our MVP, um, NFC started kind of blowing up. Got it. Um, so what would you say is your, okay, so first off, when is the platform going to launch? Within the month, we're, we're planning on doing a soft launch. Wow. Influencers on the platform and stuff. And okay. then we're going to do a soft launch, um, just test out some features and stuff. And you have uh, some influencers already lined up to do something with it? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Nice, dude. Congrats on being so close to the finish line. Well, not the finish line. It's just the starting <laughs> point. But at um, least, <laughs> at least taking the at least taking the cover off the car. I think that's uh, always a, a big moment to work towards. Totally, totally. Yeah, once the laboring. So shout out all. Shout, I mean, you are building in public. Like you're a very public facing guy. You're releasing articles on NFTs. But you know, shout out all the people who are building things behind closed doors and just can't wait to reveal them to the world. I think it's going to be really exciting when. Uh, Debilia can get its name out there in this space. You know, there's already a few players and, you know, NFT marketplaces and BitCloud and whatnot, but I'm sure you're just waiting. You want your name out there. You want it out there. You want to start getting some mental attention from people in the, who are thinking about NFTs. Yeah. I like talk to so many influencers of the platform and like, there's so much excitement, but like, yeah, I don't know. It's all like built up to like this moment. So like, I'm really excited. Yeah. yeah I've, you should, you're going to be able to meet some really crazy influencers. I think as time goes on, you should be able to, 
maybe you'll meet some crazy musicians and stuff and maybe you already have but some crazy uh crazy celebrities i think that's sick um what would you say is your one big uh, career advice to young people throughout this process other entrepreneurs I think for me, like I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. So whenever I saw an issue in the world, I would like write down, um, oh, like that's like a problem. Even if I didn't have like a business idea to fix that problem, I would still write down a problem that I saw. I'd like uh, notes on my phone that are hundreds of lines long of just like issues I've seen in the world and business ideas. So always uh, approaching problems with an entrepreneurial mindset, thinking about ways to solve problems like um, even if it's something dumb, like let's say, uh, oh, I hate putting uh, toothpaste on my toothbrush. Oh, maybe I could build like a, a robot that like automates that. Like even something like simple and dumb like that, just like write it down. Um, and then I think everybody should learn how to make a website. Uh, so there's so many tools out there to make a website. Um, once you like, if you have those two skills, you can get a website together. You can have, and you have the ability to figure out good uh, business ideas. You guys just heard from Everett Cole. I'm super, super bullish on his idea to create an NFT marketplace for creators. You know, creators are always looking for for ways to monetize. And, and what's great is if you're a creator like myself without a massive following, your biggest fans can still invest and own a piece of your journey. And that's what I think is the coolest part about NFTs, owning a piece of it. So I'm excited. I'm excited to check out the ability when it drops. Um, and I think Everett's onto something huge. So with that, I will leave you guys and remember to do one thing and that is to stay frosty. All right, peace out everybody. Cheers.